Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 20 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Becchione. Welcome to today's episode. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. Welcome to FASD Hope. It is October. We are in the fall. We are airing this in October, and October uh, has many Awareness Month titles attached to it. One of which I think is so important, especially in our community, is Bullying Awareness Month and just learning about the culture of bullying because we know it's not limited to one place. We know it's not limited to a certain culture, a certain demographic. It's universal. And I have back on today's show a very dear friend of mine. She is one of my heroes in advocacy. She has done so much with her family and her amazing sons. She was on episode 39, Special Needs Homeschooling, part two, February 25th, 2021. So it's been a long time since we've spoken. Welcome back, my friend, Candace Duggar. Oh, thank you so much. I am always glad to be back and always just glad to spend time with you, my friend, what you are doing, the community and bringing awareness and hope uh, for so many families is just, it's, it's truly an amazing ministry. So I'm just always honored to be here with you. Thank you, my friend. And Candace is so active. She wears more hats than I can count. She's on every single platform. She has so many initiatives. So busy. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And I'm just so thankful that she's taking the time today to talk to us about what I think is one of the most important ministries that there can be for the neurodiverse community. Um, Her ministry, Bully Broken and Redeemed, I think is just such a support and such a safe harbor for those um, those individuals, those kids, those young adults who have been bullied and their families to get support, to learn, to get resources, and yeah. just to change the culture of bullying. Yeah. So Candace, before we start diving into this, this topic that we need to talk about, can you just update our listeners as to what you've been doing? We were catching up before we started. Yeah, well, my gosh. So hello, everyone. Um, just a little bit about me. I am a uh, homeschooling mom of two. I actually have graduated my oldest in December. And um, we actually started our journey to homeschooling seven years ago when I actually almost lost him to suicide due to horrific bullying. And I never wanted to homeschool. I was a corporate mom running multi-billion dollar teams. Love that I did. But God really called us to a different place. And um, through that journey, we saw how little help there really are for families. You know, we are trained and conditioned to go to the school, go to the administration, go give your power away for somebody else to solve your problem. And so little help for families who are struggling with bullying, which is not a school issue. It's a cultural issue. It's from gaming and cyber. It's in our families, spouses, siblings. I mean, my goodness, it's in ministry, women to women bullying. It is everywhere. 
And yet we're really never taught how to deal with it. And so as a parent, I mean, I dealt with bullying a little bit as a kid, but what's changed so much in the culture from kind of the eighties or what we consider schoolyard bullying to today is so different that I almost, A, couldn't relate. I didn't know the words my own kid was saying to me. And then the school system, and this is not to knock it. It just is, they have to protect the liabilities. They're dealing with minors. They have their own set of rules. They're not really there necessarily to help your kid. <laughs> They're there to protect the interests of the school system, right? So uh, there's not a lot of help. And one thing we learned through our process was one third of bullying actually came from teachers, adults within the system bullying our kids. So so we started down this journey and created a ministry that has now gone international. And we help people all over the world um, from training Fortune 100 companies to uh, church groups, to our own curriculums and programs. We really help families not just understand bullying, but how do you deal with the trauma associated with it and then move forward in healing to find that hope and healing after trauma? Um, because I can tell you, Natalie, how many adults that I talk to, I speak at a lot of leadership events um, and I'll go and speak at leadership events. We hardly ever get to the children because of how many adults in that room, no one ever helped them. And it brings back so much trauma and abuse, either from their mothers or a grandparent or a student. It brings up so much deep trauma that we have to help them deal with where they are. So they're then able to help their community. And it's this huge issue of child abuse that we don't even talk about in our culture. It's one of the largest forms of child abuse we don't talk about. And it can be from verbal and physical to sexual, but bullying abuse is horrific in our culture. And I see it just getting worse, just exploding since social media. So, so that's a little bit about us, but um, you ask about updates. Both of my kids are doing really great. They're just happy. They both have new books coming out. They're both um, travel across the country with me and speak. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, like every other proud mama, I could rave about them all day long, but um, <laughs> I just, God has called us into unique work. And I'm very blessed to have two strong young men who like and enjoy and are comfortable sitting with other men in their own pain, right? They don't shy away from that. They're okay going into those deep, hard areas and listening and loving and supporting and encouraging others who are really at the end of their rope. And so as a mom, that probably makes me the proudest, right? They don't run from that. It's not all rah-rah. They're okay. They're okay sitting with everybody in their pain. And so. And I love hearing that Candace, because I know that so many of our, and I say our kids affectionately, you and I, you know, yeah. we have young adults <laughs> and you have a teen yeah. and uh, we say our kids, but our kids, they are just so susceptible, even more so than neurotypical, you know, kids with neurotypical. We know that um, when they feel safe and when they start to to heal and being able to share that experience, that's mm -hmm. a lot of being vulnerable and and going back into that pain and saying, okay, I felt that. And, you know, I still have trauma from it, but I want to help you because I know this pain, I know this pain and I don't want you to feel alone. And I think that's one of the biggest 
questions when when we get emails and messages from from listeners if their child or teen has been bullied they really just feel alone because mm -hmm. they have a, a child they have a teen a young adult that has a neurodiversity that has a brain-based diagnosis and then they're bullied on top of it that you know it's 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 so meshed together it's so complicated mm -hmm. that and like you said so often parents they you know they just kind of bury away their own traumatic bullying experiences well they, so they, they don't, don't know what to do they don't even know the right labels they try to use conflict resolution skills to handle bullying when you should never ever 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 do that if you guys get nothing out of me Besides that tonight, if you are dealing with a bully, which we will talk about, mm -hmm. do not use conflict resolution skills because bullying is never about conflict. You it's cannot solve something. Right. I you remember, remember you. I remember you telling me that my friend <laughs> right? back is two it? years ago. Bullying is <clears throat> about power. It's about it to find out if you're dealing with a bully. We use three basic steps. Is it aggressive? Is it repeated? And is there power imbalance? or perceived power imbalance. And that can look so different, but is it ARP? Is the behavior aggressive? Is it repeated or really strong probability of threat, right? Like some mm -hmm. threat. And is there power imbalance? And so you, many people wonder, well, how could there be a power imbalance if everybody's in fourth grade or everybody's 17? Well, our kids who are neurodiverse are meant many times already on an unequal playing field of power. They perceive themselves as not having that much power and of feeling different and awkward and out in the social cast. And so that already tips that balance, which is why they have a 38% higher rate of being bullied. The numbers are huge. And especially as we're launching them into the workplace, right? It doesn't just stop at home or family events or neighborhoods or churches or at the gym. It continues. And so we have to be teaching them their own advocacy. How do they advocate for themselves? How do they identify a bully so that they know how to manage it? And then also teaching them true, strong conflict resolution skills to know how to manage conflict in their life when it's not a bully, right? So these are some things that make it really unique and kind of challenging because many of us weren't even taught that, mm -hmm. right? How do we know how to, how am I going to teach conflict resolution <laughs> Exactly. So, we, so these are all things that come up as a parent that um, when we're dealing with our kids who are neurodiverse, you know, my youngest is on the spectrum and my oldest, I think we have every label, but that one <laughs> so where it's like the alphabet soup and our kids sometimes can even struggle as we know in reading a room, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times they don't even have um, our bullies a lot of times have very high social IQs. They can read the room and our kids can't, they get manipulated. One thing that just popped in my head, Candace, which I know, I don't think we talked about this last time, but just knowing you and knowing how much you know about bullying and the bullying culture, our kids with brain-based diagnoses, especially those with FASD, they have two two things that automatically make the power imbalance just negative, if mm -hmm. you could. The first one is 
the dismaturity, the social yeah. dismaturity. Yep. So developmentally, their developmental age is much yeah. lower than their chronological age. So with boom, their peers, there's right. Exactly. Which makes it so much so more there, challenging. So there's a power knock right there. There's and do you want to know what they're options. first told? Don't be a tattletale. Yes. Because they're seen as more immature. One of the yes. first things they're always told and our kids are told yep. is don't be a tattletale. Yes. Right? Yes. And then the second thing that came to mind when we're talking about this power imbalance and bullying with kids with neurodiversity, um, and this is not just FASD, this is, I, I believe, and I know just from talking with other parents, um, any type of brain-based diagnosis is executive functioning. We oh, know that's yeah. such a buzzword. Oh, Our kids, and again- big. I, it, that is a huge, when you have executive functioning deficits, one mm -hmm. of the things like, just like what you were talking about, being able to read a room, yeah. being able to have what I like to call, take that emotional thermostat mm -hmm. and being able to gauge and say, oh, okay, maybe this is not a good idea to bring up this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Our kids, especially those with executive functioning deficits, they don't have that. So that's another notch. Not good at gray. <laughs> exactly. Thank They're you. They're very good it's at black and white and concrete gray is exactly. where kids live, right? Yep. There's a whole lot of, is it teasing? Is it not teasing? And then when there really is bullying, a lot of times they'll be like, well, we were just playing around. It's not that way. And so uh, being able to teach our children how to identify that bully, right? Are they aggressive? Is it repeated? Let's start there. Are they doing it over and over again? Are they repeating it? And we also, as parents, if you're dealing with an administrative or a system, do not necessarily use the words bullying. Is your child being assaulted? Mm -hmm. Use the words, use the legal terms. They will take you seriously. Is your child being assault and battery, right? Are they being harassed? Use legal terms to get people to pay attention. And listeners, I'm writing this document, down document, because if you go and say, well, my child's being bullied, I'm a bullying expert. Like I travel around the world talking about this guys. Mm -hmm. And it's something that if I'm talking to somebody about it, they're not going to take you as seriously. And a lot of times there's just a disconnect, even though there's a whole lot of buzzwords and people do a lot of talk around it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe we're dealing with bullying, but my child was physically assaulted mm -hmm. on property my child is being harassed, right? Use the legal terms that get people's attention and notice. Document, write every single thing down and hold them accountable. Because when you just come in and they go, well, we're doing bullying, normally you're going to get, well, kids will be kids and we're trying to help them learn. And, you know, you get all of these runarounds and you go, as I agree, and that may be true, my child has come home three days this week with bruises on their body. They are being physically assaulted in your presence, right? Write it down, take pictures and notify it. I mean, I work with cases and many times <clears throat> children are ending up in the hospital being picked up from school physically. Have those be a part of your medical charts because the reality is a lot of times you have to move out of a system into a police system to get anybody to pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. And I've been there. Yes. And so a lot of cases we work with, with families, when they get to me, a lot of times we're already in crisis. They didn't mm -hmm. get to me during prevention. They got right. to me because we're in crisis. Right. But if you can document everything, write everything down, take photos, teach your kids ahead of time to screenshot. If they're being sent things on like Snapchat or horrible things, 
if we haven't conditioned them ahead of time to take photos or screenshot it to be able to document a file before it goes away, um, a lot of times you can lose, I mean, you can always go back, but it's easier mm-hmm. to have at the moment. I mean, Natalie, I had a horrible situation about probably was right around the start of COVID. Um, a young man we had worked with two years prior had left his school. He had been horrifically bullied, um, had kind of gotten back on his feet again, was moving forward, started new social media, started his life over again. Two years later, the bully found him, found the account and sent photographs to him. He was 14, 15 at the time of a girl that he really liked. And the boy was doing really inappropriate sexual things with her and harassing this boy through the video saying, you'll never get a girl like her. You're nothing but like all of these horrible things that brought up deep trauma to this girl. And then in child pornography, all of these things, right. That brought him back to a trigger point of um, wanting to attempt suicide again. And in the moment, he was so enraged at what happened. He didn't think to keep copies of things. You know what I mean? So sometimes yes. we have to, when things are okay, have a crisis mind. Yeah, We have to have yeah. a crisis plan Ooh. of how to handle it while everything's okay. And things that we can put in our crisis plan, like our kids are not always with us. If they get to a point that something has triggered them, do they have a playlist that they can push play on that can quickly kind of help them reset? Do they have their Bible verses? If that's something that really grounds to them, do they have the three people they can call, right? No matter what. And sometimes parents, that's not you. And that's hard. Sometimes it's somebody else because it's so vulnerable to them. They can't tolerate being able to let you down anymore because you're the only person who's really been there. And they're, they're fearful, especially our young boys have a lot of shame, especially if they've been a, a lot of young men deal with sexual assault which is not like, it, it's not um, necessarily um, gay in any sense. It's just, that's the way the abuse is taken out on them to keep that power and control. Like we see a lot of times in, in um, even military and in hazing mm-hmm. and different things. And there's a lot of shame mm-hmm. that comes from that. And so, so sometimes helping our kids think through things clearly um, when everything's okay and put yes. a plan in place when things are calm is where we need to start. And while they're regulated, you know, having these conversations, again, yes! we're pointing to each other. This is when an audio podcast, but we're pointing to each other. When they're regulated <laughs> is when we need to have these conversations. And I'm just thinking Not about, while you know, we're spiraling. Exactly. Exactly. Because while they're spiraling, you're just fighting for survival, and, honestly. And Natalie, you know, something I really... Um, I just feel called to, to share with parents here. I get lots of parents who say, wow, I'm so glad my kid has launched. You know, they're 21 now. I'm so glad we're not dealing with this. Well, parents, here's the reality. Our 18 to 25-year-olds are at the highest rate of cyberbullying, higher than our teens. And many times that's in a time in their life where they're starting new jobs, new relationships, new areas, and they don't have the support systems in place for the help. And so just because you've launched them, they still need you to help navigate these difficult areas. They are probably dealing with it. A lot of times bullying doesn't go away because bullies are always looking for lesser targets. And our kids may be that a lot of times they're an easy target. And so it could be happening in a few different places. It could be happening with a roommate and it could be happening um, at a volunteer place and it could be happening at work. And so 
if they don't have a place to come back and talk to you about it and create space to talk to them about it, a lot of times they're on their own and can have serious mental health crisis. And you and I, you know, we both call ourselves desperation homeschoolers. And I say that (laughs) affectionately because we both pulled our boys out for, for very similar reasons. And something that I, I use and I credit you all the time with this is with your kids, with, for us, we talk about in homeschooling, but I just think about life in general. It's mental health over math. Yeah. It's connection versus over chemistry. Right. It's, it's you things. want that foundation relationship. That's why I'm so thankful that, you know, we have the relationship that we do with our son because he considers us to be his safe people, his safe place. And I am, I, I am so thankful that he, he does that. And I genuinely, I genuinely believe that one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why he considers us to be a safe place and that when he was having crises, he was telling us is because we homeschooled him and because we, we really worked hard to keep that communication open. Invested time. Yeah. Yeah. And you really, and, and parents, I know you're listening and you're saying, oh my goodness, I, you know, I feel like the energy is just getting drained out of me. But this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where you got to do it because these years are so important for our kids, teens, young adults to feel safe because yeah. it's just gotten worse. Yeah. And, and, and Candace, let's talk about that for a second. How has the bullying culture gotten worse, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I talked to you almost two years ago. I think it's gotten worse since then. Yes, I think so. So a few things. Um I think prior to 2011, we were probably pretty consistent. Once we started putting cell phones in the hands of kids, we saw a drastic rise. And so prior to 2011, you hardly ever saw teen kids committing suicide. We really didn't. It's not that it didn't happen, but now children 10 and older, it's the second leading cause of death is suicide. And since the pandemic We've seen huge even increases in that. So because it doesn't end. We used to go to school, you could come home, you could get a break. You're with your family, you're connected. Now they come home, it's on the phone, they're getting attacked. They go into gaming, they can get attacked. It's, um, there's no break. And imagine going to bed and the last thing you hear, you know, you're getting your Snapchats or people are sending you messages, you're going to bed, going they're, you're getting messages, literally, I wish they die and not be here tomorrow. And then you're waking up to, oh my God, we have to go to school with this, you know, loser piece of everything again. And the, it never ends. Right. And so we know as adults, the importance of managing our mind. We pray before we go to bed and we pray when we wake up, right? Imagine going to bed and everything is negative 24 seven. There is no break. There is no break. And so as parents, it's also not realistic in today's world to say, well, we're just not going to give our kids a phone. And I'm like, and then to parents that go there, I go, okay. So when they're 18 and they leave, and now they're trying to manage that on their own with all of the knowledge that we know of the increase in this, how are they going to manage that without you? We are going into a digital world. And so in some ways you have to lean into it. I'm not saying that you're everything, but you better teach them how to manage it appropriately or you're going to end up with a serious addiction issue. Yes. And I and I don't want to concern parents, but this is something I want you to pay attention to because I'm seeing a huge increase in this in the homeschool community is the uptick in trafficking to our kids 
because we are known as a community that doesn't talk about it. And so they're very easily groomed. And I am seeing a huge rise in the homeschool community there. And it also flows a lot into our work on bullying because we see a huge rise in that for kids who've been bullied. It's very easy for them to fall into things as to imagine you're in a bad place. Your entire community is coming after you. The kids in school are, it's online. It's even maybe your, your siblings bullying you. You're in a bad place. Your self-esteem is broken and you have somebody you meet who tells you how mature you are and how beautiful you are and how easy it is to move Mm -hmm. you into a conversation privately, super quick. And we're seeing that now with young boys and sextortion, that the FBI warnings are huge on this, that young boys that I would say, they say 14 to 17, but I'm telling you, I'm seeing it a lot younger, like nine, 10, that are getting caught in sextortion issues because they're just looking for affirmation outside of other people. And so um, it is something that for parents, I highly encourage you, your kids are gonna mess up, right? They're going to make mistakes. And in today's world, they need to be able to come to you and trust you without you ripping everything away and taking it and grounding them. Because if they make a mistake and they send something to somebody, you could lose your child overnight. They don't have a safe place to come to. And so I know it's scary and I know it's hard, but when they come to tell you something, It's really important to take that deep breath, right? And pause and try that they're reading all your emotions or reading everything on your face. Lean into them and say, wow, that must be really hard. Would you tell me more? And invite them to share more of their heart with you because you probably don't even have enough information to help them yet. But if you come in and you start freaking out and taking away the phones and taking away the gaming, you have now not become a safe person for them to come to. Who are they going to go to? If you come in and you just start punishing out of the gate, you have not created space to be somebody who's safe. You have created space to be somebody who's going to punish me when I'm coming to you as a victim and being many times physically hurt. I've seen kids go missing overnight because they didn't feel they had somebody to come talk to. And so today's the gate, the stakes are really high in today's world. They're very high. And so as parents, we need to know how to handle this before you're in crisis. And what you're sharing, Candace, is so rooted in neurobehavioral and brain-based parenting and philosophy. We need to think brain when it comes to bullying. We need to think brain and how cortisol is, is just going through the roof and stress levels and, and, you know, just the fight or flight and everything that's happening on top of our kids that have neurodiversity that have Mm -hmm. their wiring is differently to begin with, whether it be through, you know, prenatal alcohol exposure or through genetics or through, you know, TBI, we need to think brain when it comes to bullying, because oftentimes, like you said, we react emotionally, especially when we think about our triggers, but our kids need us to be that safe haven. And again, I, I'm writing all of this down because I'm going to be sharing these wonderful notes and and, and tips and, and just things that you're saying 
in this week's social media posts, um, as well, of course, as your information and, and your books and just everything, Candace. But I really want people to understand that if your child, your teen, your young adult does not feel like they can come to you, they don't, maybe they're embarrassed or maybe they're not safe, but they have someone else that's a safe person that that is okay. Don't okay. be offended. They're just going you to need the somebody. Exactly. Exactly. That could and, be your, literally your guardian angel in a moment yes. that you need that. And my children outside of us have that as other people, somebody who's like an, almost like an auntie, like a super close person mm-hmm. where sometimes as a parent, it's things a little bit, they're not telling you, but they just need a safe place to process because parents, most of the time, they just can't handle disappointing you. Yeah. You're yes. the one person in the world. They're already broken. They're already being hurt. They're being abused or something else is horribly going on. And they just can't handle in that deep part that you may be disappointed in them. You know? Yes. So don't take that offensively. I mean, how many things about, do you, or parents know everything about you? Right. When you were a teen, did you run and tell them every yep. single thing that happened? Yep. I mean, yep. you know, let's, let's have some perspective. Exactly. Exactly. So talking about a crisis plan, I'm writing down these steps, writing yep. down how to acknowledge when it's bullying, yep. um, what to do, what other, before we, we um, just talk more about culture, what are some other things that parents need to do to be proactive, especially when we're thinking yeah. about when they're regulated so, to start getting things? So do place? your kids have some basic breathing tool exercises? That is really, I'm sure you guys talk about this a lot here, but do they have like, I normally only teach two to kids. One is four, seven, eight, and one is four, four, four. Um, and my boys tend to like the four, four, four because they know the Marines and the SEALs and all the, the combats use them. But when they're in flight, when everything is freaking out, when everything is going on intently and you're sitting with your child, part of the plan I work the kids with is, okay, we're going to stop and either do four, seven, eight or four, four, four. And four, seven, eight is just breathe in for four. Hold for seven seconds and exhale for eight. What we're trying to do is just get our brain back on a different one. For my younger kids, it's hold in for four, right? Exhale for four. We just do that over and over again. We Um, do four, four, four. Right. So four, four, four. (laughs) And for some kids, four, four, four doesn't work. Their brains are moving too fast. So they need a four, seven, eight. They need something that's different counts because that consistency doesn't work. So you know your kid best, right? That tends to be my kids that are very complicated. The kids that like lots of puzzles, the kids Mm -hmm. that are like, you know, my chess kids, they tend to be my four seventies. So do you have that? What can you do quickly? Also talking to them about really having some of those conversations on grooming and on, hey, if you're in gaming and somebody asks you anything personal, where you go to school, right? Asks you anything um, they don't need to know that where you live, talk to your kids about what we share about ourselves. Now, my family, because we're public, we were asked to even do reality TV shows. So like, we're kind of out there. My kids have a little bit of a different, we've had to set some different things up because people know them, but be careful, right? Are they sharing where they live? Are they posting pictures in front of their house? Is there, you know, be careful what they're sharing and talk about that. Um, another thing I think is a really big deal is to know, is your child ready to handle a social media account before they do it? 
And I actually, we have a a course that we go through with parents and kids, but one of the biggest things is how are you going to handle negative feedback? Does your child, how are they going to handle negative feedback online? Right. Without it impacting their mental health. If they can't take that negative feedback, they're probably not ready to be there because even in our worlds of playing nicely with adults, there are just things that are going to come up. Right. You're going to get feedback that's not always kind and they're going to be trolls. And so there are just some things that we can talk about that are cross related over with them um, that aren't just bullying, but really good common sense. In today's world, with our kids that have executive functioning deficits and that have that dismaturity and have memory, Mm -hmm. working memory problems. We need to practice this more often. If this Mm -hmm. is something that you practice more often and practice in different ways. And let me share with you guys, I'm not against it. So let me tell you my son who's 14 now, he did get his first social media at 12 because he's a published author. He writes a, a book series, Adventures of Dante, the Service Dog. And he talks about what's it like to have an invisible disability I'm a service dog. And so I knew he needed a social media account to grow his platform. His goal this year is a TED talk. He speaks, he tried, like he's got goals, right? Well, our agreement was we write every post together. We sit down one time a week, we create content. And when he goes on that social media post, I'm with him. We read the comments together so that I'm with him to help guide him if he gets something back. Because we actually had somebody try to take his account, put it on TikTok, take a service dog that looks like his and run off after he had won several kind of bigger, like um, international things and try to steal his account. And that about broke his heart, right? So we, I'm not saying it's a never, I'm saying, and he's 14 and we still do this. We create content together. We set up time together to sit down and look at the feedback he's getting. So he's not watching it every day. I am. But then when comments are coming up that might not be lovey-dovey, some trolley stuff, I'm with him to help him process what this looks like. And so even if you have children that have a business or are trying to do things, because a lot of our kids are brilliant, right? They're great bakers. They're great. They have all these things going on. Sometimes they just need our hands and holding it a little bit more than turning them loose to figure it out. So walking alongside them. And it's going to take longer than a normal kid. It's Mm going to, you know, you'd figure after a couple of years, we'd be there. No chance. No chance. He'll probably be 16 and I'll still be right beside him until we're ready. That's okay. That is okay. Because Mm -hmm. again, we know you and I know as moms of kids with neurodiversity that it's on their timeline Mm -hmm. and the world. And that's another thing, you know, that's, that's another bullying culture is that, (laughs) no, it has to be now. You have to do it now, now, now. And again, it's that power thing when Mm -hmm. you are growing and developing on your own timeline. Again, that's another imbalance of power because Mm -hmm. people are so wrapped up in the now and must do it now. And you must meet this milestone now. And why aren't they doing this? No, that's part, again, that's part of the bullying culture. I think I really do. It is that pushing and the, um, and it's kind of like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, so here's this kid who can stand up in a room in front of 200 people and talk with adults and speak and does all of these things. And yet he could really struggles to be with any of his peers. He's much happier if kids are seven, eight or 17, Mm -hmm. 18. 
right? Like if they're 17, 18, he's great. If they're much seven older or, eight, or younger, 70, yeah. Yeah. like he hangs yeah. out with 70 year old men and talks politics mm-hmm. and high level stuff. Like, I'm like, holy cow, but really struggles within those couple of years. And that is just fine, but it does create issues for other kids to really pick on and then bullying. And I can't say, guys, there is a lot of hope, especially if you can help your children understand strong conflict resolution skills. If you can teach them what is a bully and that they're going to come up in their life because a third of people are going to bully, right? They're going to come up. It's a lot of times your bosses are going to be there, other people. Teach them what that is so they know how to self-advocate so they don't ever try to go head to head with a bully and try to fight it out because our kids are going to probably be on the losing end of that deal simply because perceptually um, they're not always going to get the support that they need. And so knowing when they need to have other people advocate for them. Right. And speaking of advocating, so you and I are both in the, in, in the, I like to call it the soft launch of our young adults, you know, <laughs> launching for our young adults with neurodiversity is so much different than the, Oh, yeah. bye. They're off to college. See you later. Okay. Drop them off. Boo-hoo. No, no, no. We have that. Like <laughs> it's years and it's very gradual. So mm-hmm. let's talk about how, again, Bullying happens anywhere. It happens in a dorm room. It happens in a classroom. It happens in your own apartment. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're living with people that are not your family, it happens Mm -hmm. everywhere. What are some key points that you want listeners to know about the culture of bullying? First of all, it is not a school issue. First and foremost, get that out of our head. Um, I want to also address a couple of the myths about bullying. A lot of people say, well, bullies must be hurting, so let's pray for them. They're only hurting other people because they're hurt themselves. Yes, there is an aspect that hurt people hurt people, but I will tell you a lot of the new research that is coming out, they're entitled, they're narcissist, they tend to think highly more of themselves than they should. And a lot of times we're seeing bullies right now who have never been checked. They have parents who have snowplowed and made excuses. And when their children have done really tough stuff, they make excuses for it instead of letting them hold the accountability. So I believe we, as we're talking about raising a generation of entitled kids, um, as parents, it's one of the worst things you can ever do because those kids who are bullies, they have a 25% higher rate of also ending up with a criminal record or being abusers in relationships. Um, so allowing your kids to get away with stuff is one of the worst things you can do. Seriously. If you have a kid who's a bully, one of the workshops I do is, so you think your child's a bully, now what? And we talk about the hard part because a lot of us know my, my son, my youngest son was so horribly bullied in school when I brought him home. He was, I, I'm not joking, y'all. He, I thought he was like half barrel. He was so broken by society. He was terrified and he would launch at you before anybody could hurt him anymore. They had beat him. They had kicked him. He was third, fourth grade, throwing his face into the urinal, stealing his stuff. I mean, just cruel, cruel people. And he had gotten to the point that he was like, I'm going to hurt you before you can hurt me. Right. That's just a child that was broken and needed a lot of love and needed to rebuild. But it took me two years before we'd even go out. If other kids were in school before we go out. And so sometimes our kids are there, but many times these kids end up being bullies because no one's really checked them. 
And so if you are a parent out there of a kid that you know is bullying a sibling or you're seeing bullying in the neighborhood or you've got something going on, you need to help that child curb that behavior and have some serious consequences because they do end up being the ones who are abusers in relationships, who end up bullying their spouses, who end up bullying their children, who end up um, with criminal records, right? Do not let that behavior get out of control and think you're helping them. Character, right? As we talk about mental health before math, character before curriculum and relationships before reading, because if your child does not have a strong sense of who they are, and they can't manage relationships well, right? And they don't have their mental health in check. It doesn't matter what they know. And what you're saying to Candace, what I, I think not only if you're concerned that your child is doing the bullying, but I think that's something that we need to stress because we know that kids with brain-based diagnoses often have many co-occurring medical diagnoses. Mm-hmm. So also, is this coming from, you know, is this child physically hurting? You know, mm-hmm. we know, especially our children that are on the spectrum, whether it be the autism spectrum or the FASD spectrum, if they're physically having gut issues mm-hmm. or if they're having something, then what you think might be behaviors is actually them trying to voice symptoms. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So making sure of that too. And we know the cortisol level and and just the stress of our kids who are being bullied, that also requires seeking medical help. Because just think about if you were felt like you were living in a war zone for however hours a day they're in school or however hours a day they're in an apartment with a roommate. You know, if you feel like you're living in a war zone, then that wreaks havoc on your body that your already body. absolutely has, that already absolutely. has medical issues. Absolutely. Um, How many of our kids have the horrible stomach aches and the headaches and all of these things? Christian was the same way when I brought him home. Uh, We went and had all the tests under the sun, nothing comes up. And what it really took was a lot more sleep and rest and kind and a loving environment. And all those health issues went away. All of them. None were left. I mean, from serious digestive issues, night trauma, terrors every two hours, all of it was gone. It took time, right? But it, um, I can't imagine what it felt like in his little body, how much pain there was there. And this is why we're having this conversation because so many families out there, whether you are regular schooling, whether you're hybrid schooling, whether you're homeschooling, any type of situation or whether you're, you're like us and, you know, preparing to launch or soft launch your, your kids, you need to know that this happens everywhere. This Mm -hmm. happens everywhere. And that our culture is one. If we just think about our world, our culture is one that I would say that reveres bullying Mm -hmm. and reveres, you know, leaders get to leadership because they've bullied many times. And that's one of the first things we teach in our course is what is true leadership look like? What is leadership meant to be to inspire and to encourage and to show vision? And I think it's serving. I think a servant leader is, is the most powerful leader. If you're there to serve yourself, you're not a leader. Right. If you're looking to have your needs met, you are not a leader. Um, And so that's one of the really, I mean, 
goodness gracious, look at how many people in the last few years have lost family and friends because of social media or political. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we have just gone off the rails of not even being able to listen to each other. And so as parents, our children also do model us. So the way you speak about our leaders and the way you speak about politicians and the way we speak about our friends or family members or coworkers, our children are watching, right? So don't expect of them what you're not willing to give. Be very careful with our words. Words have immense power. 80% of bullying is verbal. 20% is physical. It does not take physical assault. A lot of times people think of like schoolyard bullies as, you know, the roughhousing around or whatever, but 80% is verbal. Words, when they tell you sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you, 100% not true. One of the biggest myths of bullying, words will many times take people to want to take their own lives. It can kill your inspiration to live. It can kill your desire. It kills your self-esteem. It takes so much from you because words have deep power. You have to be careful with our words and the words we speak over our children. Because I know guys, I'm I'm a mom of two, two kids that thank the Lord we've come a long way, but there were days I literally would sit there and struggle. Like I need five things that I love about my kids right now. (laughs) Look, I need five. I really need five. I'm having a hard time. They're like Hulk monstering around me. I, I, you know, but the words we say over them, you gotta watch that because I will tell you, I see a lot of parents of neurodiverse children bullying their own children. Are you being aggressive? Are you repeatedly doing it over and over again? Because you're already in a position of power. Mm -hmm. Or are you being the bully to your child? Really think about the relationship you have with them. And what does that look like? Oh, my goodness. My goodness. We need to talk more. Oh, can Anytime. I'll come talk with you anytime. <laughs> well, I definitely want to share, first of all, before we talk about your your entrepreneurship um, initiatives with, with your son and just things that you're doing, I want to share how people can get in touch with you. Yes. I, I want to send people your way, <laughs> so, um, especially for Bully Broken Regimed and just everything. Let's okay. talk. Continue. So I have my own website, just CandaceDugger.com. You can find me there. And that has all my work, everything I do with homeschooling, bullying, my nonprofits, my entrepreneurship. Come find me there. Let's <laughs> spell out your name because your name. C-A-N-D-I-C-E. D-U-G-G-E-R. So Candace Duggar, E-R.com. The first few months that I knew Candace, I was misspelling her name, like both her first and her last (laughs) name. And it was so funny. (laughs) Well, and and you can also find me at Bullied, Broken, Redeemed, right? That's my company. So Bullied, Broken, Redeemed. And we have, um, we actually will have, uh, we have uh, parent classes that are free. They're 30 minute parent classes. We have teen classes up. We actually have, teacher training co-op youth leader so if you are somebody who is working with youth and could not tell me the difference between bullying and conflict and how to manage it we actually have an hour kind of lunch and learn program that's up and then so that's a great training especially for co-ops or groups that aren't used to it or if you're doing vacation bible study these are places that it happens all the time but if you don't know what it is you don't know how to deal with it right you got to use the right tools um and then we have uh classes We have classes for kind of older elementary school all the way through adults take our courses. 
and you can use them for homeschool credits, but they teach everything from special needs bullying to adults that bully to mental health, to creating mental health plans and crisis plans, social media, how to deal with social media addiction in your life, leadership, all of these things. So we have those up too. So you can find all that at Bully Broken Redeemed and we have more books than I could count. So I'll just leave it at that. They're all and I will list Candace's not only her websites, but I'll also list her social media accounts um, in this week's post as well as in today's program notes. So quickly before we end, let's talk about your other initiatives. I really, you know, yes. you were such a blessing when Cindy LaJoy and I wrote Blazing New Homeschool Trails. Mm -hmm. You gave us so much wonderful advice. And one of the things we highlighted in our kids who learn differently is entrepreneurship. So, so many of our kids think out of the box. I want to hand them. I want to hand brilliant. the microphone to you because oh. you have started such an amazing initiative with your son. Go. Well, this is actually my platform for healing. There's my little secret to that. So we have kids who are in different places who may not feel like they fit in, right? So we teach them one thing. Find one thing you love. Is it a passion project? Is it a business? Anything, just one thing. And we teach them how to launch that. And so I run Kids Business Academy. We have camps, we have courses, we have masterminds. We teach kids all over the world. But this is a place for children who are a little bit quirky, right? This is not your traditional entrepreneurship class where kids are going to sit down and learn, you know, yeah, we teach lots of stuff and they're brilliant. But this is a place that helps them see themselves differently. We teach them how to rethink their minds and not be the kid who's bullied and not be the one who's unique and not be the one that's kind of left out. This is the kid with the brilliant and beautiful idea that we take and bring to life. And now people see them differently and they see themselves differently. So yes, I run Kids Business Academy and it's our entrepreneurship platform, but it's really my platform for healing. That's how we help kids um, and even adults take these brilliant ideas I mean, we have kids in our programs who cannot read and write and yet run half million dollar eBay resale businesses, kids who are running academies and shops all over the country, kids who cannot spell, can do anything and brilliant bakers find one thing they love, one thing they love to talk about. And we help them bring that to life. And yet through that, I teach them all the important things like, Hey, are you ready for that social media account? How are we going to handle negative customer service? And all of those are transferable skills into their own life for how are they going to handle their mental health? How are they going to handle feedback? How are they going to um, deal with burnout, right? And growth and money. And, and we, so we teach them all of these amazing things. And then we have like kids come together and meet weekly all over the world and talk about their businesses and support each other. And these are kids who are not kids who are normally doing great in the books, right? They're not normally my kids who are like killing it in Latin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, they're my kids who are like, I can bake you a kick butt cake, right? <laughs> like, See, those are the kids that our world needs yes. to recognize. And, and yes, honor. We, they need to yes. honor them again. Thank and so that's you. what we do. We Thank honor you. the unique and the difficult our society has squashed that because it's almost like you can get into several of the leadership things, but you got to be able to keep up academically. And one of the most beautiful things about this is these kids see the world so different. They don't see the obstacles. And so 
we use that as a huge, I mean, I have VAs from the group. I have editors. I have, I mean, you name it. I've got kids on my team that I'm hiring all over the world who I'd rather have than any adult because they're excited about it. They're on it. They care so much about what they're doing. Um, I have philanthropists on the team. I mean, I mean, they, but these are just kids who, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just the kids I attract, but they're not one of them is going to be my kid who's getting a 4.0 and, you know, they're just doing life different. I don't care what it is. And our kids too, that they learn differently. They think out of the box. Mm -hmm. So they come up with the solutions that nobody ever thought of, or they come up with the ideas or the inventions or the recipes or anything where you're like, wow. Yeah. So we have a ton of free stuff up. So if you have a kid who's like, if you just go to kids business Academy, we have 30 week courses, we have eight week classes. We have, we got, we got it all, like all kinds of stuff going on. We've got fairs that we're doing and taking over the malls. We have magazines, podcasts, like it is beyond crazy. Um, but we even have a lot of free stuff up for our kids who are like, what kind of business can I start? Right. Like just thinking about it now, guys, I have kids six years and up like published authors at six. I have kids that are 12 that have four employees. And then I have some kids who are just baking and doing it on the weekends and giving all their money away to like a cat and dog rescue because that's what they love. So it is truly for every ability, every age, but we kind of focus eight to 18. That's sort of our wheelhouse. So I'd love for you guys to show up. Maybe your kids will be in the magazine, right? Love that. that. Oh my goodness, Candice. When I talk with you. I just, I get pumped. It's like your pep rally. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I try yes. to be the cheerleader everywhere we go. Right. <laughs> we have enough people in this world trying to drag us down. Yeah. Yeah. We have stopped celebrating what makes us unique. And so through all of these things, we have got to get back to celebrating that God made us all uniquely different and celebrate that, honor that, like grasp that and go, praise God, you're different. I don't want you in another box. Like God made you so important. Let's not break that. Let's celebrate that. There is our hope takeaway right Mm -hmm. there that you are showing the world and you are living how God wants us to celebrate our kids. And through Bully, Broken, Redeemed, you're offering a place for healing, a place for education, a place for proactiveness. And through Kids Business Academy, you're offering that healing platform of, hey, let's find the diamond and let's just let it shine. So Candace Duggar, you are my hope takeaway. You are my hope takeaway. Oh my goodness. I don't get to talk to you often, but when I do, you just, you give me so much hope. And I pray that anyone who's listening, who needs any type of support, whether through Bully Broken Redeemed or Kids Academy or the many initiatives you offer, I pray that people reach out to you because I am so thankful to know you and to know what you're doing in the world. So thank you so much. And guys, please do reach out. We do try to have lots of scholarships available for families in need. We are a ministry and we are here to serve. So don't let that be a reason for not asking. Love that. Love that. Candace Duggar of Bully Broken Redeemed Kids Business Academy and much, much (laughs) more. Things. My friend, my fierce friend in advocacy. 
Thank you so much for coming back and being on FASD Hope. Oh, anytime. I'd come talk with you every week. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.